Hello, welcome to Life in Chaos. I'm Amy. I've been a psychotherapist for over 10 years. In my private practice, I help clients make sense on their feelings in a space that is safe and non-judgmental. I'll be talking to real people where they reveal the hard things they have dealt with and what helped them move forward. I will also share stuff that I have found difficult as even healthcare professionals are not okay sometimes. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us today. I'm Amy, welcome to Life in Chaos. Today I'll be speaking to Huma Khan, who is a psychotherapist from London and we'll be talking why people fear therapy. Hey Huma, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me today. So, I just wanted to talk to you about, I always find, you know, being in a private practice and how people find it difficult to go into therapy or how to start. So I just wanted to ask a few questions around that. I do have my post-it cards. Okay. That's fine. Great colours. What I wanted to ask as well is, could you explain what is meant by mental health stigma for you, in you know, in your own words? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm a psychotherapist, as you said. Yeah. I've been working for also over 13 years in the in the industry. And stigma itself has changed over the course mm. of the time that we've been studying it and yeah. working with mental health. Currently, we've got a lot of awareness of mental health. The stigmas around that have changed. But, you know, you do find that there is still, you know, certain kind of groups of people or cultures mm. of communities that still struggle to yeah. talk about mental health and it's it's difficult for them. Also in the workplace, as yeah. I said, it's becoming more accepting mm. recently that mental health could be discussed, but it yeah. was, you know, people felt marginalised in, in previous years. And schools as well, you've got lots of students now getting a lot of support with mental health. But if we took talk about historically, 10, 15 years ago, it was really difficult for people to mm. really get support. For me, for a long time, mental health has kind of been misunderstood. Yeah. You know, yeah, quite sure. quite a lot. And I, like you said, I, I can see the changes myself yeah. as well with everything. But I know it's out there that we should talk about yeah. it. And But I still think it's really challenging because I still think we can sweep our feelings under the carpet, can't we? And it's especially with the cultures, everything that comes into play around mental health. And I think it has can be really challenging, but I do think it's getting better. I think workplaces are trying to do more approach about it, but I do think the change needs to come from the top. Oh, for sure. But also you've got different types of communities that are disadvantaged mm. and socioeconomic backgrounds mm. people you know are disadvantaged of that where they're living as well uh, we're in a diverse city in London yeah. and we've got great inner support here and let's not forget the gender biases as well mm. there's a lot of stigma and has been sadly for you know men to come to therapy yes well, I'm glad you touched on men you know not being able to reach therapy yeah. because yeah. I was thinking about this and what I've kind of learn from clients who are men that kind of traditional masculinity identity that emphasizes on performance and achievement rather than a room for vulnerability and emotional expression yeah right and I think that's still there absolutely I feel you know the expectations discourage men from seeking help Mm. we need to provide them with different resources Mm. not just therapy other Mm. resources Mm. that could be useful just to you know help them support and get over these barriers 
as you would know as well in in your practice as well when you get a young man coming to therapy mm. it's like oh I didn't think I'd be doing this I never thought I'd be coming to speak to a therapist about my yep. feelings but also let's also remember that men are also quite isolated in who they've got around to talk to yeah with women yeah we have great support networks of friends family uh, even colleagues but men don't want to generalize majority of men struggle to talk about Lots of deep feelings yes. and, and be vulnerable in front of them. And I think there's a lot of shame, isn't there? They're seeing their friends not talking or finding it challenging. Yeah. But I am finding, especially in the younger generation, yeah. they are talking more. Mm. They are sharing. It doesn't mean it's not challenging, but I guess in the room in therapy is creating that safe space where it is confidential and they can say how they feel, even though it's really difficult. Yeah, and I think there was a stigma and that mm. is now slowly being broken down. But there are still lots of groups of people that still find that quite challenging. So if we've got a young black man or a young, young Asian man mm-hmm. trying to access therapy, again, about cultural as yeah. well and cultural expectations of what's expected of them. And that is still quite difficult to work yeah. with. It's quite challenging. I mean, therapy is daunting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure. My experience entering therapy for me was so daunting. I was mm. like, I don't want to do this. Mm. I do, you know, it was mm. all these feelings around it. Mm. And um, I guess what I learned was it was okay to feel sad. It was okay to feel angry. It was okay to feel anxious. And having that permission mm. in the therapy room and not burying my feelings deep inside, which i done for Mm -hmm. a long time because I'm protecting myself. I think my therapist taught me that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's for your emotional well-being, how you would look after maybe your kind of physical self that you would look after. But it wasn't one therapist. I had to go for a few therapists. And I think that's okay because not everyone's suited to everyone. Right. And I always say that to clients that if I do an assessment, It's kind of like, don't feel pressure. Go and speak to someone else and you will know. If you choose not me, I'm okay with that because it's what's best for you. So how was your experience kind of initially going into therapy and going, ah! Yeah, coming from a South Asian background, I didn't have a lot of support around me Mm. when it came to my own mental health and my own needs growing up, going through the difficulties I had in my own personal Mm. life being it my own fertility issues, mm. being in my marital issues. And that there were lots of things. So when it came to the part when we were training as therapists, as yeah. you and I have trained together, we were told to go and find your therapist. <laughs> well, what, what does that mean? How does one find their own therapist? And I, it was daunting. It, it was a minefield and I didn't know where to go no. or, and what to even look for. <laughs> for me, in the co- course of the years, I've had different types of therapists yeah, as right, well, yeah. at different times of the, my life. So I'm talking about my first ever experience. I think it was, oh, I just need to do this as part of my training. I need to get my hours. It's fine. I'm not even sure if I need therapy at this time. But I think subconsciously I was really asking for it. Mm. I really wanted it because so much was going through my own life at that time Mm. when I was training Mm. as well. My suggestion now, experiencing different types of therapists, I think you're right. I actually went with a recommendation the very first time and it was a placement that I was working. It was my head of counsellor, counselling department at that time. 
she suggested someone. I thought, oh, right, so the head of counselling. This has got to be a good fit. Exactly. This has got to be the one. (laughs) She's got to be the one that's going to fix me, is going to understand me. Um, And I think I went in with that expectation. But also that part of me as well was like the people-pleasing side of me. I was like, I don't want to let anyone down. So this has been recommended Mm. by my head of the um, counselling department. Long story short, I did stay with that therapist for a year and a half. Mm. But I felt like I was doing it as a tick box exercise. And there were lots of things that she was helpful for at that time. And anyone that knows about different modalities, she was a very psychodynamic kind okay. of therapist. So it's not as relational that I needed at that time. Mm. So like saying with you, you weren't sure what to expect. And I think that was something that was quite daunting. And then when it came to our own training, we understood of how different therapists work in different yeah. ways, different modalities different assessments so what I would always suggest to clients my own clients I would Mm. always say look when you're looking for a therapist try and shortlist at least three speak to them on the phone Mm. some therapists offer free telephone consultation 10-15 minutes if you're still feeling it okay this is someone I could work Mm. with book in an assessment but do book in and I think Amy as, as you probably would you know agree with me sometimes you've got to put that investment in even financially and time wise to get the right one Yes, you um, do. Because one therapist that, as I said, was recommended to me, she probably would have been good for somebody else. Yeah, but there's things that I felt that I didn't work with. Yeah. So that's something I would always suggest to clients is always try and break down at least three shortlists. I three. know, because it's like Tinder, isn't it? <laughs> like Bumble. You're just flicking through, totally. going, who's the right one? Totally. This is how some clients have said it to yeah. me. They said, it's just so much choice. Yeah. Everyone is doing similar stuff. Sometimes they say to me, I just go by their look. This is like this kind of connection thing. I just go by. So I just think there's not a wrong or right way. But like you said, you don't have to go with the first one. You don't have to go with the first one. And you know what? That You could have different types of counsellors working mm-hmm. with you over the course of your therapeutic journey. Mm-hmm. I like myself, I, I do marital counselling. So mm-hmm. I have couples that come to me marriage counselling but they may go and embark on their separate counselling so they'll Mm -hmm. have a different type of therapist that will go to as well Mm -hmm. but it's also you know what your needs are and when you were talking about the profiles you know for you again what stands out I always ask Mm. my clients when they reach out to me what stood out to you in my profile what is it that you felt that you connected with yeah so look for key words is it you know what are you wanting to work with is Mm. it someone struggling you know someone expertise with ADHD for example that I know that that's your speciality well yes <laughs> but I mean you also work really well with clients as well yeah. from that background yeah. and it's someone for me it, it would be well we were looking for a, a therapist of color a female Muslim therapist yes or you know so there's just different things mm. and I think key words are really important, important to look out for when you're looking for therapy. yeah because you can see what people specialize in can't you as as well and there's, I know there's a lot of information out there, but I think that's just one of the hurdles once you're over that. And the one thing that's just jumped to me mm. is when people come up to you, are you a CBT specialist? Are yes. you this? Yes. It's because these are, they've learnt this terminology or this is something that, you know, has been suggested to them yeah. by their GP, for example, mm-hmm. go to for CBT or go mm. for, you know, IAPT or, you know, and the NHS services, which we, as we all know, overstretch right now. Yes. But I would try and say, why is it that you feel that CBT mm. is beneficial for you? Yeah. Do your research, Do your right? Research. See what other stuff's out there. Yeah. Because, again, not every form of therapy is going to fit 
one person. So that's why variety is so important as well. I wanted to kind of touch on when should someone consider therapy? (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful question. Right, when do we do it? You know, is it got to be a big crisis? Does it not? You know, I have my kind of thoughts on them, if it's wrong or right, but let's start with what you think. I don't, I think like you just said, there is no right or wrong answer. It really is about you and your personal journey. I do feel sadly a lot of people come to therapy when they are in times of crisis. Yeah. So they're not necessarily available emotionally and mentally for that time and space because they're in the midst of their crisis. Mm -hmm. So what that starts to become is that we're doing damage control. Collateral damage is being, Mm. you know, happening and we're trying to, you know, help them manage them through their crisis. Mm. And then there's a lot of expectations then put on the therapist, as you can understand, when people are reaching out to you in their time of need. Mm -hmm. I would just say is, you know, for yourself is ask yourself, what is it that I want to work on? Yep. Um, And, you know, it's like the analogy that I would use that you go to the gym to get fit and healthy. Yeah. And you know, it's a journey. Yes. And so, you want that summer body, mm. so you start working in mm. January to get to mm-hmm. where you want. And that's why I would say is, you know, if you're feeling kind of stuck in life, something's coming up for you, you feel mm. that there's a change that needs to occur within yourself, and you want to work on that, on, yeah. on feeling unstuck. So then, you know, rather than feeling, okay, I'm now stuck, I want to leave this job because I'm so unhappy mm. and, and I don't know what to do, come to therapy prior mm. to that to help you through mm. and navigate through those challenging times. Because I do think some people think my problems are not big enough for therapy. You know, they're not big enough. And they do that comparison piece. But it doesn't have to be major issues or crisis. So if you just feel your emotions are having an impact on you in some way, because your mental health is so important, just reach out. They Mm. don't have to be. You know, we live in such a chaotic, you know, I'm talking in London City with so much stuff that we're kind of programmed, well, I feel, we must be happy all the time. You don't, there's so much shit that goes on that things are going to impact us. Yeah. And being able to talk to someone independent and just say, actually, God, work is really crap at the moment. I just want to talk about that. Or, you know, stress. I just mm. don't think, I can't emphasise enough that all problems are valid. Every problem is valid. No issues, big or small. And you're quite right. I've had in recent times, a lot of clients talk about their friendship circles yeah. and how difficult it is mm. for them to navigate that. And I've had clients say, oh, Emma, you must think this is so trivial. And I'm like, no, actually, it's not. It's not trivial. It's impacting you. Mm. It's impacting you, you as a person. It's impacting your own self-confidence, your mm. self-esteem. It's bringing you down. It's causing you anxiety. So these mm. are all, you know, the, what we've got to think about are the things that are leading up to these yes anxious moments or difficult mm-hmm. times in your life and we need to understand what's happening underneath and as mm. psychotherapists that's what we work with what is the undertone the undercurrent what's happening underneath all of this yeah. what's happening to your subconscious mind what's happening to you your internal world yeah. in all of this guys reach out okay <laughs> just do it There's yeah no stop overthinking it. it yeah and just do it what can people expect from therapy I know, right? I was thinking about this. And I think, I guess therapy can find insight to your thinking patterns and behavior. Mm -hmm. And each therapist has their own style, which is, you know, everyone is different. No one's going to be the same. And 
I think we kind of touched on it anyway. It's something about shopping around for a therapist. But I guess it is looking at, for me, behaviours, patterns, seeing what's going on, becoming curious about that. What can people expect from therapy? I think it's a very personal journey, Mm. as you just said. And it all depends on you. And I always say to my clients, I have Mm. a very bespoke way of working with you. You know, each client's different um, Mm. and the way you interact with as a therapist with each client Mm. is different. Each client has different needs and different way of understanding things. And Mm. So I would always say, come in with an open mind. Don't have any expectations. Because, you know, sometimes I've I've, I've had, um, which is fair enough, some clients have come in and they've got this big list. Okay. And they've gone, right, I want to talk about this, 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 this and this. And can we get that done in six weeks? And, you know, and how what's the time scale? And how do I, you know, you get, but I understand because they don't really know, do they? It's the kind of psychoeducation around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And psychoeducation and expect, setting expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's always needs to be important for therapists to do that with their client initially. Mm. What I do, and I'm sure you yourself and many other therapists always say to clients, look, let's start. I know what you want to work on. Mm-hmm. That's great. We think about it. But let's start and we'll review as we go yeah. along. So have like six weekly reviews mm-hmm. and just checking in. And I, I try to tend to check in with my clients. Yeah. How did you feel the session went? Yeah. Is there anything that you feel that we need to mm. really divulge into more mm. and look at? But also bearing in mind, Amy, those six questions or six weeks worth of stuff, one particular area could take six weeks itself to Yeah, explore. of course. It's, it's not as structured as yeah. people would expect. Yeah. And I think just free flow, mm. free association. Yeah. Let your you know, you're coming in, talk about what your mind is saying, but what is your body telling yeah. you as well? It's really important to understand yes. what's coming in within yourself and exploring that. Yeah. And I think clients would say big statements, maybe start to well up or mm. just to tremble a little bit. And then they're just like, over. and I'm like, let's stay with that. What is it? You're aware of what I mean. And then it's about pacing the clients. And there's things that they're doing, maybe subconsciously, they're not even aware of that they've been doing. Yeah, of course. Years. Just ignoring those feelings. But it's, yeah, I don't think they actually like you said, know what's going on because we all have armour, don't we, to protect ourselves. And taking that armour off slowly is very difficult because people still feel like you're going into battle from a past experience. It is working, like you said, with the body and starting there is really important, I find. If people go, I just don't know what I feel. And that's okay. That's okay because maybe you don't know how you feel. I just don't think there's a wrong or right way to approach it. There isn't. And also, I think people, clients, prospective clients sort of, um, sort of shoot themselves in the foot when they come in, well, I'm, I'm going to be done in six sessions. I'm going to be mm. done in eight. And they're not allowing themselves to go in deeper and divulge mm. in deeper. And it can be quite daunting when a, cl- a therapist says, well, I can't answer how many sessions you yeah. need. Just let's work together. And I'm like, well, and, you know, we've got to think about money. We've got to think about mm. time. There's a time commitment and also financial commitment. And I think that's also important for therapists to be open about that and say, look, you know, let's just review it, consistently mm. review. Because things that you may and you probably have known, a client walks in in the therapy room thinking, mm. I want to work on this area of my life. And actually, when you start working, there's something else that's just opened up. It's like a Pandora box. Yeah. It just, um, things keep, keep coming, coming up. up. You know, I think that sometimes they're like, oh, I didn't even come in to talk about that. But that can happen in therapy, yeah. as you know. Yeah. That happens in my own therapy. I'm sure it happens in your therapy. How do we provide some guidance for people that are looking for a therapist? How do they find a therapist? What would you say? You know, because sometimes you just think, oh, I don't know where to start. I don't, what would you kind of say? Someone right now was like, actually, I want to go to therapy. What routes is there? 
for people to look for a therapist. Yeah. So you've got lots of resources online now. Okay. You've got different directories online, as commonly known would be like the BACB mm-hmm. counselling directory and counselling directory as well. But again, if you want to, what I would say is think about what you want to work with. So, you know, you've got other therapy guys like the Black and Asian therapy yes. guy. We've got therapists of colour and you've got Muslim therapy mm-hmm. guides as well. So someone mm. with a Muslim background. So it's about, and you know, the LGBTQ community yeah. and different things that are coming mm-hmm. up. So I think, Really know what you want to focus on. So kind of do some research. Research and also keywords. What is your key thing that you want to work Mm -hmm. on? A lot of these directories are really clever. On the counselling directory, for example, Mm -hmm. you put someone working with anxiety and you'll get a lot of like therapists that have Mm -hmm. got anxiety or expertise Mm -hmm. or working with ADHD or marriage counselling. So it will filter. There's loads Mm. of filters on there. So check your filters, but know what you want and, you know, ask what is it. And you can ask friends, I guess, can't you? I know Mm. you said, actually, I got recommended when I was starting Mm. my therapy, when I was doing study to be a a psychotherapist. I recently found my therapist through a friend and it's worked for me. I'm not saying it works for everyone, but that's that you can ask friends. As well, and like you said, the counselling directory, the BACP, the Muslim kind of counselling. You know, there's lots of choice where you can look and research. And let's not forget that COVID and how that's changed, how Mm. therapists are working. We are working online. Mm. Traditionally, you would have been restricted to where you were locality-wise. Yeah. And you would just find someone who's close for you mm. to walk into. You don't need to worry about that because a lot of therapists, I, and if you're happy with that as a client, mm-hmm. do work online as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got a wider choice. I'm working with clients, you know, from different parts of the UK and, and yeah. lots of different continents. So it's about accessing that. Yeah, there's uh, a lot more choice. But check the website. Some therapists have websites, some have Instagram and other things. And, um, you know, when you do find a therapist, I mean, I would say... Don't be scared to ask them for their credentials. Don't ask them anything you're curious about. Ask them yeah. because that's what they're there for. I guess with the counting directory and the BACP, they're kind of, everyone's registered, right? Yes. So they are, you know, accredited to those governing bodies. And that's what's also important. I think that's what we need to touch on upon mm. is making sure that you're going to someone that is attached to a governing body. Yes. Uh, and the main ones that we know as psychotherapists are the BACP mm. and the UKCP. Yeah. Um, can't remember what they were. The British Council or something, something. Yeah. yeah. So they're important ones. And then you need to know that go with someone that is accredited to work as well. We've got a lot of different kind of holistic people that are working yes. out there. Yes. Um, and different things that they're working with. It's really important to make sure that everyone that is qualified to work with you. Yeah. That's important. Homer, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming in, sharing your experience. And I hope, you know, for our listeners that some of the stuff we've, you know, that they can take away with them and it can be useful in some way. And if you just want to give some information, if anyone wants to find out more about how you work and where to reach you or because maybe that could be really helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram. Okay. uh, And they can follow me in therapy with you, Mm -hmm. in therapy with you. And they can look up my details on there. I'm also on these different types of websites we've spoken about, the Mm. BACP, as well as the Black and Asian Therapy Guide and different resources that you can they can find me on. Right. So yeah, they can always check me out on there. I hope everyone's enjoyed today's podcast and you found something useful. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you soon.
Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please give me a review as your feedback is so important to me. Until next time, bye from me.